Speed Cafe newscast. Your host, Mark Fogarty. Coming up, Arabian Nights. Supercars under lights at Qatar Grand Prix. Gen 3 Aero Chess in America wrap up. Formula One scandal. Or is it? It's all straight ahead on the Speed Cafe newscast. Hi there, race fans. I'm Mark Fogarty, and here's what's happening. For a while now, there's been chat that Supercars is eyeing a non-championship appearance at next year's Formula One Qatar Grand Prix. The main evidence? The 2024 season-ending Adelaide 500 is a fortnight earlier, leaving a convenient two-week gap to the Qatar Grand Prix night race event. It's more than a coincidence because it is now clear Supercars has been in talks to join the support race program at the LaSalle Circuit's penultimate round of next year's Formula One World Championship. What we're hearing now is that the latest proposal is for a 12-car demonstration, not full-field races. Several possible reasons, but mainly cost containment. Flying 12 cars to Qatar would require just one 747 air freighter there and back. That would save the organisers a lot of money in what would be an experiment to see if supercars could be a draw card. Now, supercars insiders are playing down the demonstration idea. Maintaining talks are about full field racing. Our sources admit there's no deal done just yet for the Aussie V8s to be at next year's Qatar Grand Prix in any form and that a delay until 2005 is likely. Either way, supercars could perform under lights at LaSalle ahead of the Formula One nighttime action. Now, it's well known that supercars own a race is looking at a long-term alignment with Formula One. Efforts to get on the Singapore Grand Prix undercard are continuing, but very slowly. Supercars is staying at just 12 events next year, with New Zealand returning at the cost of the bend. The regional South Australian track will be back with an endurance race in 2025, when the series wants to expand to 15 or 16 races. There are more questions and answers about how and why supercars will get on the Qatar Grand Prix undercard, but something's definitely going on. It'll be a return to the Middle East. Supercars raced at the Bahrain and Yas Marina Formula One circuits between 2006 and 2012. Wind tunnel tests of the Gen 3 Chevrolet Camaro and Ford Mustang took place over the weekend, wrapping up late Monday morning Australian East Coast time. Three days of intensive testing at the Windshear Wind Tunnel in Concord, North Carolina, established empirical data to end the aero parity debate. Or so it's hoped. The tests were attended by senior supercars officials, DJR and Triple Eight homologation team engineers, and observers from Ford Performance and GM Performance. 
Information on the results has been tightly controlled by supercars, but by all limited accounts, the Gen 3 Camaro and Mustang are very, very close on aero numbers. The test cars had various aero tweaks for comparison purposes. All the data from the multi-million dollar exercise will be analysed to finalise next year's aero packages, hopefully ending that side of the parity debate. Transient dyno engine tests are still to come to achieve full technical equality. More to come after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuels. And with the new Bowsers at Queensland Raceway, it's never been easier to source your racing fuel trackside. Elf Race 102 is imported racing fuel direct from Europe. Offering power and protection, the Elf Race 102 is a popular fuel with racers seeking gains over pump fuel. Improve your lap times with Elf Race 102. www.racefuels.com.au all your fuel at the racetrack. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. Welcome back. Formula One has been rocked by a post-season integrity scandal. Formula One Academy boss Susie Wolf was accused of leaking confidential information to husband Toto, who runs the Mercedes-AMG team. An FIA investigation went nowhere, but the furor continues. Here's Speed Cafe Formula One editor Matt Koch with a background to the scandal that actually isn't. Yeah, it's a bizarre one, isn't it? Because we got this notice from the FIA saying that it was beginning an, an integrity investigation based off of a report that's emerged in the media. And it's it's interesting because there's not been a lot of talk about this prior to this single report coming out of a publication that that it does tend to to raise eyebrows business f1 um is a publication that does tend to go to extremes at times um and out of that we get this bizarre note from the fia that doesn't mention any individuals but the business f1 article did and specifically, it mentioned Toto Wolf. And so draw, joining the dots together, and we get that there's an integrity investigation into, we assume, Toto Wolf and his wife, Susie Wolf, who is the, uh, the managing director of F1 Academy and therefore has internal insight into the inner workings of Formula One. There's apparently this conflict of interest there, which there is a conflict of interest there if you look at it from a purely business point of view. But you've then got to assess the integrity of the individuals uh, involved. And uh, up to this point, Toto and Susie have both had very different roles in motorsport. They're both involved in motorsport in one way, shape or form. Susie used to run the Venturi Formula E team. There's never been a conflict. So why now? What's happened now? Um, It's a bizarre state of affairs. And the more you dig into it, it's one of those, the less sense it makes. Um, though that said, it's not the first time that sentiment is uh, is mentioned in conjunction with an article out of Business F1. 
The insinuation was that Susie Wolf passed on privileged F1 commercial information to husband Toto that came out in a meeting of team bosses. Yeah, so there was a meeting uh, of F1 team bosses and apparently in that meeting, Toto said something that caught the ear of other team bosses who then allegedly all went running to the FIA saying, hey, Toto's got information that he can only have got from inside Formula One. Which is an interesting state of affairs if you think about it because how would the teams know that it's privileged information unless they too knew that information and weren't telling anyone and therefore knew where Toto's source was. It's a bizarre state. Um, But then you've got this insinuation that multiple teams had brought it to the attention of the FIA and yet within 24 hours of this all becoming public, all nine teams have come out alongside Mercedes. So effectively all teams, all 10 teams have come out and said, no, no, we didn't go to the FIA on this. And and there's no point. I know it's easy for teams to say that, but this is one of those that it would be very easy to prove wrong. Someone in the FIA will be motivated to, no, no, X team definitely told us, here's the email. That's the sort of thing that's easy to get out and prove someone a liar. So you don't lie about that sort of stuff. If, if you've not said anything to the FIA, then you can come out and, and say that. So I believe all 10 teams, when they say we haven't gone to the FIA with this, which just so, makes the allegation even more extraordinary. Well, so, so far, it's much ado about nothing. Susie and Toto Wolf are indignant. They're enraged. Uh, as you say, the teams have said, you know, not us. And, well, and the FIA shut down any inquiry. Yeah, it was a very short inquiry, wasn't it? For someone, something that goes into integrity and conflicts of interest and those things, it was a very short inquiry, which is, again, it's, it's bizarre. And as Susie Wolf has come out, in uh, the following days and said that, you know, maybe this was an attempt at at besmirching her reputation or using her uh, to attack someone else. Um, The implication there, of course, being, being Toto Wolf. And that's what this feels like. It feels like it's a clumsy attempt to do some character assassination here, but it hasn't worked. And all that's happened is the FIA, the FIA looks as though it's been used as the pawn in a game. Uh, the problem is none of us know what the game is and who's won. So, so far, much ado about nothing. But according to Matt Kosh, there will be repercussions. What I can tell you is that the FIA has lost. Susie and Toto Wolf and Mercedes, they're all looking at legal action now as to you know, how they can, I guess, redress some of the negativity. I mean, Susie's being abused online. That There's no need for that sort of stuff. We don't know what's going on. So how can we form a uh, an intelligent opinion based off a couple of statements from a couple of people? We don't even know what the, the information was concerning specifically. So, yeah, it's this is the height of ridiculousness in Formula One. Uh, I mean, it's fabulous for us. We're, we're here talking. It's, a, it's an episode of Seinfeld, isn't it, folks? We're sitting here 
talking a lot about absolutely nothing. Um, we should really send this over for Seinfeld for a reboot. Yeah, well, in the end, there's reputational damage, mm. but no case to answer from an ele- from an allegation from a well, to be polite, a dubious source. Yeah, and this is where there needs to be some sort of recompense. If you make there's this brilliant interview. Uh, as a press conference at the Tour de France uh, in about 1999 or 2000. It was by Lance Armstrong, of all people. Uh, at the time, he was being accused of doping and there was no proof. And Lance at the time said, for extraordinary allegations, there needs to be extraordinary proof. In this instance, I mean, it's not an extraordinary allegation, but there's no proof. So those who have made the allegations now need to... Uh, need to defend themselves. I don't think it's up to Susie and Toto to have to defend their positions. I think they've been cleared to this point. Let's understand about how this became a thing in the first place and then work out what penalty, if there is a penalty, uh, needs to take place. But as you say, folks, the, uh, the source is dubious. Never a dull moment in Formula One. Which, like I've always said, is Hollywood on wheels. More still to come. Speedcafe.com, your number one source for all the latest motorsport news and features. Breaking news, live event updates, unprecedented global motorsport coverage, performance motoring news and reviews. All in the palm of your hand, anywhere, anytime speedcafe.com first fast and free you're listening to the speed cafe newscast i'm mark fogarty and you're listening to the speed cafe newscast racing is wrapping up ahead of christmas all over the world the last big event of the year was the golf 12 hours the deciding round of the intercontinental gt championship And heading into the weekend was the FIA Gala Awards Night. Here's Jackie with her roundup of how Aussies went in both events. The final round of the Intercontinental GT Challenge, the Lenovo Golf 12 Hours, took place in Abu Dhabi. The Grupa M Racing Mercedes AMG, driven by Mauro Engel, Lucas Stoltz and Michael Grenier, was crowned the outright winner after 12 hours at the Yas Marina Circuit. The trio took a narrow 12-second victory from the WRT BMW M4 GT4, driven by Valentino Rossi, Joyce Van Her and Nick Yellowly. Mercedes-AMG took a double podium with Jules Gunon, Maximilian Goethe and Fabian Schiller in third. It gave Mercedes-AMG the overall manufacturer's title and Gunon the driver's crown. Australian Kenny Habul finished 17th in what was his first race since injuring his back in a crash at the 24 hours of Spa. With less than six minutes to go, the Sun Energy 1 Mercedes AMG GT3 suffered engine issues and was forced to stop to prevent any more damage. Australia's Grove Racing failed to finish in their Porsche 911 GT3R. Brenton Grove started in 16th, making up 13 places before Stephen Grove crashed heavily into the barrier before Richie Stanaway had a chance to get behind the wheel. 
to Baku, where Australians were honoured at the FIA's prestigious prize-giving ceremony. Oscar Piastri won Rookie of the Year for a second time after achieving the honour in 2021. James Wharton collected his Formula 4 UAE Championship title and Jack Beaton was awarded the Formula 4 Southeast Asia title. West Australian co-driver Ben Searcy was recognised for winning the FIA Asia Pacific Rally Championship, partnering with Rifat Sungar. George Trebak was given the prestigious honour of FIA's Best Track or Road Marshal of the Season. And finally, some of the pieces of the Bathurst 12-hour puzzle are falling into place. Craig Lowndes, Thomas Randall and Cameron Waters are set to share an all-pro SDM Mercedes for the round-the-clock enduro. This is Jackie Shivey for Speed Cafe. Thanks, Jackie. Well, that's it for now. I'll be back late next Monday with the latest breaking news. In the meantime, go to speedcafe.com for everything that's happening in motorsport. And tune in on Thursday for the Speed Cafe podcast featuring another star interview. As well, there's the Race Fuels Grassroots Racing Podcast. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to a Speed Cafe Pod Hub production. 